On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks opened up their training camp yesterday, and I will be going over everything that we learned from day one down at Fifth Third Arena. I'll also go over the injury announcements that the Blackhawks made yesterday as well. And then to wrap things up, I will unveil who comes in at number three on my top 10 prospects list. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, September 23rd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And I need to remind you all that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, which is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games here in 2022. Bet Online, where the game starts. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode, and you like what you're hearing, then please be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. Be sure to go and rate the show with five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then you can also go and leave me a review. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. So go and follow the show right now, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then go and give your head a shake. You got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, folks, because every episode moving forward throughout the rest of training camp, the preseason, the start of the regular season, every episode is also going to have a video uploaded to YouTube. So if you haven't done so already, please go and help the boy out. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I would really appreciate all the help, folks. Also, be sure to go and smash the like button down below on this video and comment as to which defenseman do you now think has a leg up with Ian Mitchell being out for the next six weeks. And last, go and ring that bell, turn on the push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. As I already mentioned in the cold open, day one of Chicago Blackhawks training camp kicked off yesterday down at Fifth Third Arena. Some serious first day back to school vibes at Fifth Third Arena. Uh, Saw a lot of the beat writers, the media folks. Cool to catch up with the ones that I didn't see over the summer at development camp or at the prospect showcase. Uh, Just a lot of fun to be back in that atmosphere and, you know, see some of the NHL guys we've been seeing prospects for the last few months. And it's nice to see, you know, some of the big names that the Chicago Blackhawks have in their organization hit the ice once again. So, yeah, good to get back into the grind, back into the swing of things. Um, It was just very, very fun to be at Fifth Third Arena and see the Blackhawks ready to kick off. kick off this grind leading into the regular season. But we learned a lot of good stuff from day one at Blackhawks training camp. What I wanted to begin with is probably 
what most of the listeners out there want to hear about, even though, again, we didn't really get anything newsworthy or groundbreaking, groundbreaking. But Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane both spoke with the media yesterday for the first time in quite a while. And uh, when I was at Fifth Third Arena and I saw Kaner kind of walking his way up to uh, the media room, I was just kind of shaking my head thinking, oh, this poor guy, because obviously everyone was going to ask both Kane and Taves about their futures, about what happened this summer, trade discussions, contract negotiations, all that good stuff. It was uh, the first of many times that they're going to be asked about that throughout the course of the season. So I definitely feel bad for those two guys because you know they're dreading going up in that media room and being asked the same things over and over and over again. Uh, but Patrick Kane actually took it pretty well, I thought. The first thing he said when he was up in the media room was, uh, what's up, guys? Anything new? So he obviously knew, you know, the situation. Um, <laughs> a lot has gone down for the Blackhawks, especially over the summer when they traded Alex DeBrinkett and Kirby Doc. And uh, the words that Patrick Kane used to describe those trades were shocking, um, frustrating. He was upset. Crushing was the word that he used. He talked about how he was really close with Alex Dabrinkit, and not only on the ice did they have chemistry, but he was his, one of his best friends too. So definitely a tough pill for Kaner to swallow. Um, Taser was also using the same kind of words to describe um, the moves that the Blackhawks made over the summer, said he was angered a little bit, which I get. I mean, you know, every talented player that these two guys have had alongside them the past few years have been dealt out of the organization by the front office. So I get where they're coming from. It's definitely not easy for these two icons to have to, you know, go through this rebuild and be part of this organization when, you know, they want to win each and every game, but the front office kind of has to look at the bigger picture. It's a tough situation for both of them to be in. Um, but as for, you know, kind of their answers on when they were asked about their futures or what happened this summer, both of them really just said they're kind of here to just be focused what's going on on the ice. They're excited to be back, um, enjoying being part of the Chicago Blackhawks. And yeah, nothing really happened this summer in terms of trade discussions. Um, you know, they kind of laughed at all the rumors that have been going down. Obviously, there are a lot of teams out there who would love to acquire both of these two, but um, it doesn't seem like Kyle Davidson really even had a conversation with either of these guys about waiving those no movement clauses or even talked with other teams about a potential trade. So yeah, nothing really too earthbreaking from this press conference between uh, Kane and Taze in the media, but they did recognize the situation they're in, um, but they said all the right things. And what can you expect them to say? I mean, oh yeah, I want out of here. I don't want to be part of the Blackhawks anymore. Those are things that they would never say. We're, you know, not in agreement with the rebuild, perhaps. But um, one thing that was nice to hear is that for Jonathan Taves, especially because he's the one that's at least publicly had the most trouble kind of accepting the Blackhawks moves and accepting the direction of this franchise. He did say he had a conversation with both Davidson and Al McIver over the summer to kind of um, help him understand the direction of this team and what the front office is trying to do. So sounds like Taves finally gets it a little bit. I don't know why it took him this long to understand that the Blackhawks really had no choice but to go this route. Um, but at least, you know, he's had those conversations with Davidson. They've Both he and Kane have talked a ton with Luke Richardson. So they're in communication like they deserve to be. And um, like we've heard for 
the past couple of months now, they're just focused on doing their job on the ice. They're not even really thinking about that stuff right now. Uh, and when that time comes later on in the year, that's kind of when those conversations will be had. So once again, nothing too newsworthy from uh, either Kane or Taze's conversations with the media yesterday. But in terms of what happened on the ice, I will say it was interesting to see the line combinations that new head coach Luke Richardson kind of went with out of the gate to open up training camp. We already knew that Patrick Kane and Mags Domi were going to start out camp on a line. And in most of the drills yesterday, now remember, it is only day one of training camp, so it doesn't mean everything. Um, but Patrick Kane and Mags Domi were skating with Taylor Radish as the left wing on the top line. And I, I really think that's a spot where Taylor Radish deserves to be. I mean, he had some really good flashes at the end of last season, particularly in the goal scoring department. I think he's always going to be more of a goal scorer than an overall playmaker, but I like his abilities without the puck too. He uses his size. He's tenacious on the back check, forces a lot of turnovers and just makes things happen. So I'm excited to see him get that opportunity. Hopefully he'll be able to make the most of it here in training camp and could potentially open up the season on that top line with Patrick Kane and Max Domi. Um, I, I like Domi. I like adding Domi to that line with Kaner because he's got some good speed. Can also play a gritty game. Someone who can go in there on the forecheck and cause some havoc. I think that's one thing that Patrick Kane has kind of missed over the years is someone with both with both a skill and kind of a grindy game. Because when he and DeBrinket would be forced to dump the puck in, a lot of those times with those two being smaller frames, they're not going to go in there and win puck battles along the boards. DeBrinket certainly did get better at that as the years went on, but um, I think having someone with the grit like Mags Domi, like bringing in the grit that he has along with the skill, I think that's a good place for, for him to be. My one concern, though, is whether or not he's going to be able to hold up at center for the entire season or at least the entire first half before he's likely to get dealt at the trade deadline. Um, He's never really been a, a solid face-off man, but you know, if he's able to pick up his offensive game and be productive alongside Patrick Kane, at the end of the day, I don't think the face-offs are going to be the end of the world. But that is my one concern about Max Domi potentially uh, being on the top line with Patrick Kane and Taylor Radish, as we saw yesterday. And then as for the second line, I talked in the past couple episodes, I was curious to see how Luke Richardson was going to go about Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, was he going to pair them together? Well, once he announced that Max Domi was going to be skating with Kane, or that basically told us that Richardson's at least going to start with those two on separate lines. Uh, and yesterday, Taser skated with, oh man, now I'm blanking. He skated with Colin Blackwell. I got to check right now or else I'm going to lose my mind. I don't know why I'm forgetting this. It wasn't Andreas Athanasiu, which was kind of interesting. I thought Athanasiu would be given a, a really big opportunity to open up the year. Um, why am I dropping the ball on this right now? Tyler Johnson. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Jonathan Taves opened up a uh, day one skating with Tyler Johnson and Colin Blackwell. I, I expect Johnson to be a top six guy. That's, you know, it makes the most sense for him to be given that slot. I was kind of surprised to see Colin Blackwell though, given a top six opportunity right out of the gate. Again, it's day one of training camp, so things obviously could change, but I just figured Andreas Athanasiu would be the one that would fit in there better considering his speed, his offensive ability. Jonathan Taze is known as a two-way guy. 
Tyler Johnson's a responsible two-way forward. That just seems like a good spot where Athanasiu could utilize his offensive skill set the most. So we'll see. I, I don't think Colin Blackwell is a top six player. Uh, he's put up some decent numbers over the past couple of years, but nothing to suggest that he's an offensive guru or anything of that sort. So we'll see if Blackwell sticks in that spot through training camp or whether or not Athanasiu can make his way up. But interesting to see that on day one of training camp. The Blackhawks rolled with the top six group of Taylor Radish, Max Domi, and Patrick Kane, and then Tyler Johnson, Jonathan Taves, and Colin Blackwell. All right, that takes care of everything that went down from day one at Blackhawks training camp. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into some of the injury updates that were provided from the Blackhawks yesterday as well. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all of the latest football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts on whatever game you want to place a wager on. BetOnline is also your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and game scores. It's both the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including MLB, MMA, boxing, and even golf. So head on over to the website today, or you can also use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Segment two, let's talk about some of the injury announcements that the Blackhawks made prior to training camp opening up yesterday. First, both Colton Dock and Paul Ludwinski, two second-round picks in the past couple of drafts by the Blackhawks. Uh, both of them were play, have been placed in concussion protocol and are announced as day-to-day at the moment. We knew Colton Dock was already in concussion protocol after uh, game one of the Tom Curvers prospect showcase against the Minnesota Wild, scored a goal inside the first minute from a, a terrible angle. It was not a good goal for wild netminder prospect Jesper Wallstead to allow, but Doc went absolute top corner from over near the corner, the end line, basically um, a really bad angle. But that shot of his is has really been impressive the last couple of years, and um, it's been fun to see him continue to grow in that area. And you can tell he knows that's his best weapon. He knows he can score or he believes he can score at least every time the puck is on his stick in the offensive zone. So it was a roaring start out of the gate from Colton Dock, scoring a goal just a minute into that opening game of the prospect showcase. But then, unfortunately, I didn't even see what happened. If if he took a hit, if he fell, not really sure what exactly went down. But uh, to open up the second period, Dock was not on the Blackhawks bench. And then after the game, it was announced that he had been placed in concussion protocol. Now, he was still placed on the Blackhawks training camp roster, so hopefully that's an indicator that the Blackhawks are believing it will be um, a quicker return than it will be a longer one. Uh, fingers crossed on that because I really want to see what Colton Dock can do against some of these NHL guys as he could be moving towards his fi- the final year of his junior career. It's a, a really big year for Colton Dock. He was one of the prospects that actually stuck around for a pretty good chunk of training camp before uh, being returned to the Saskatoon Blades, who he he was still um, a member of before being dealt to Kelowna. 
So hopefully we'll be able to see Colton Dock here sometime soon at training camp. And then Paul Ludwinski, who is a second round pick in this year's NHL draft, he also has been placed in concussion protocol. In that second game of the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase, he took a brutal hit in the neutral zone and just his body kind of contorted an odd way. It, it definitely didn't look good. Um, so the, Ludwinski has found himself in concussion protocol too. That one, I, I honestly don't know. It could be more severe than Doc's. I, I don't know. I didn't see what happened to Doc's, but I feel like the type of hit that Ludwitzki took, it, it definitely didn't look good. But again, he was put on the training camp roster, so I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that that's a sign that the Blackhawks are thinking that he'll be able to come back sooner rather than later. But uh, there's obviously going to be no rush on these guys. They're not going to you know, force them onto the ice for a couple of days of training camp if they aren't 100% ready. The Blackhawks can afford to be extremely patient with everything this year, honestly. Um, but it would be nice to see both of these guys in action because I thought they both looked really good at development camp and at the prospect showcase. Ledwinski was one of the biggest standouts with his intensity and energy and the motor that he has. It's actually funny because if I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure when the Blackhawks drafted Ludwinski, he said he has the biggest motor of anyone in the draft, and he's, he's going to put that on full display. And it was really evident during this prospect showcase, especially on the fourth line with uh, Sammy Savoy. Those two were just absolute menaces out there, finishing checks, causing havoc in the offensive zone. And they worked together well, too. They made some swift passes, had some good cycles. I don't think either of those guys are going to be offensive dynamos or consistent point producers, but what they can provide away from the puck is something that has me super stoked about each of their futures. So hopefully it's a speedy recovery for Paul Ludwinski and for Colton Dock, and we can see at least a little bit of them uh, before Blackhawks training camp ra- wraps up in a few weeks. The last injury announcement that the Blackhawks made yesterday is the one that hurt the most, and that was defenseman Ian Mitchell will be out for six weeks with a left wrist injury. And I, when I saw this, I just felt absolutely gutted for Ian Mitchell, man, because this was supposed to be a really big training camp for him after playing a top-pairing role for the Rockford Ice Hogs last year, really being their number one guy. The Blackhawks elected to go to, to give him that path, which I think was the correct route to do. He clearly just wasn't NHL-ready when he first stepped onto the scene. Uh, And I liked the patient approach that they had with him in particular last year. And then coming into this season with Jake McCabe out, uh, by the way, quick update, Jake McCabe ruled out for 10 to 12 weeks, but he's been taking part in some drills so far in training camp. I'm not saying he could potentially come back early. I don't want to put that out there, but McCabe is sure looking good for someone who is supposed to be out for, you know, two to three months. So uh, keep an eye on Jake McCabe. He could possibly return earlier than we uh, originally imagined. But with McCabe being out, that gave the Blackhawks another open spot on their defense coming into training camp. And a lot of us fans and media folk expected Mitchell to be right in there with, you know, Alex Vlasic, Alec Regula, Jakob Galvis, those guys that were going to be pushing hard for those final NHL roster spots. And this is also kind of, I feel like, a make or break season for Ian Mitchell. Being 23 years old, It's kind of now or never to show the Blackhawks that he has the capabilities to be an NHL defenseman. And now that he's going to miss this training camp, man, that's just such a tough break for Ian Mitchell. Um, 
Not exactly sure what happened with him either. Apparently he was in Chicago a week ago skating, so something must have happened here recently. But yeah, just just such a tough break for Ian Mitchell. I was really hoping that he was going to be able to open up the year with the Blackhawks, um, but that looks like it's not going to happen now, and I'd imagine they're going to at least uh, start his rehab down in Rockford. Hopefully he'll get off to a good start there and the Blackhawks will be able to call him up early on, but this is definitely a crushing blow for Ian Mitchell as he will be out for six weeks due to a left wrist injury. All right, there are the injury updates that the Blackhawks provided yesterday prior to training camp opening up. Coming up in just a minute, I still have to unveil who comes in at number three on my top 10 prospects list. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three before I wrap things up and let you all go enjoy the rest of your weekends. It's time to unveil which player comes in at number three on my Blackhawks summer 2022 top 10 prospects list. First, just as a reminder, if you're not all caught up and you haven't seen who's checked in at numbers 10 through 4, then you got to be sure to go and watch those videos first. I mean, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to go out of order with this and go see who comes in at number eight and then who comes in at number five and who comes in at number three. No, you want to be all caught up on the entire list. And I made it very easy for you all to do just that. All you got to do is go and click on Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, go and find my channel, go and hit the playlist button at the top, and there will be a top 10 playlist. Uh, a top 10 prospects playlist right there for you all to click on. And also, to make it even easier, in each of the video descriptions, I have everything time-coded, so you don't need to waste a few minutes scrolling through everything and finding out where the right starting spot would be. No. In each video, just go and click at the description, and you'll find exactly where you need to jump to in order to get all caught up on my Blackhawks top 10 prospects list. And while you're there, make sure to smash that subscribe button for me. I would greatly appreciate all the support that I could get folks. So make sure to go and get all caught up on my top 10 prospects list before finding out who comes in at number three. But getting into that right now, pause there for a moment so y'all can go back and click on the channel. But coming in at number three, is none other than the 13th overall selection in the 2022 NHL draft. My boy, Frank the Tank, Frank Nazar, who's going to be a freshman at the University of Michigan this year. Uh, incredible program with a really strong roster once again this season. Um, and for these final three prospects, I could kind of mix and match them all. Although I will say Lucas Reichel is by far solidified himself as the top dog in the Blackhawks organization right now. But as for, well, now that you all know that Frank Nazar is coming in at number three, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise to hear who comes in at number two. Uh, it will be Kevin Korchinski. I really could have flip-flopped each of these guys. I could have had Nazar coming in at two. Uh, I could have had Korchinski coming in at three. But I, I think one thing that kind of swayed me towards Korchinski coming in at number two was Honestly, that I just got to see a little bit more of him so far. Like Nazar wasn't able to go to the prospect showcase because he's already at camp for Michigan. Uh, and we got to see a lot of good stuff out of Kevin Korchinski there. And the skating, the offensive upside, I, I really think Kevin Korchinski has the chance to be a dynamo offensive defenseman one day down the road. And that's not saying that Frank Nazar can't be an offensive dynamo in the future either. It's just 
I think I've seen more flashes from Korchinski because he's been around this summer a little bit more than Nazar has, but they're, they're both pretty close. Honestly, I would go 2A and 2B. They're both right there. It's pretty evident that these three are the top three in the organization right now. Excuse me, but as for Frank the Tank, I loved what I saw out of him at development camp. I knew that he had a good offensive game. That was really something that everyone highlighted coming into this year's NHL draft. I uh, put up really good points with the United States development program, racked up 71 points in 55 games there. Good goal scoring ability. I believe he had one more assist than he had goals. So he, he can kind of do it all. Just a really good, well-rounded offensive game. Has a strong shot, good instincts, knows when to pass the puck. But I think the, th I think the thing that impressed me the most about Frank the Tank at development camp was his intensity. I mean, this dude, he acts like a muscle hamster out there. He gets into the dirty areas. He's grinding in the corners. He'll go to the front of the net. There are some people who are concerned about his size being five foot ten, a buck seventy, a buck seventy five, but he doesn't play like his size. He he's not afraid to do anything out there on the ice. Plays with his heart on his sleeve, which I love. The Blackhawks need more of those guys in the in the system. So I am very happy with the additions of Ludwinski and Savoy, like I mentioned earlier. They need guys who want to be players even when the puck's not on their stick. And Frank Nazar is that. I know he can make a difference offensively, but he knows that he can impact the game in other areas too. I mean, really good on the back check, forces turnovers, just max mixes and matches a skill in a grindy game. And that's what has me so intrigued about the opportunities for this kid moving forward. Like he can, it feels like someone, he feels like someone who is a top line, second line player who has really a really gifted offensive game. But the way that he plays also kind of meshes well with, I think, what is demanded in postseason hockey. Now, listen, I know the Blackhawks have a long ways to go before they're getting back into the playoffs, but you got to think about that type of stuff. And this was, you know, not a knock on Alex DeBrinkett or, or even Artemi Panarin, for that matter, when he was here with the Blackhawks. Um, it's not a knock on these guys, but I, I almost felt like their styles of play just didn't work well with what you have to do to have success in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Artemi Panarin, even this year with the Rangers, didn't look all that good in the postseason, if I'm being honest. And I just, I feel like Frank the Tank has a game that one day, if he keeps doing the things that he's doing right now, works hard, provides energy with each and every shift, plays with his heart on his sleeve, shows no fear out there on the ice, even though he's probably going to be the smallest guy majority of the times, those things or what you need out of a guy who can provide you with, you know, great offense with a great offensive skill set and hopefully will be able to be a really good point producer at this level. He also needs to have those intangibles, that will to win, the desire to go into the dirty areas and get the job done, have no fear out there whatsoever. That's what I love from from Frank Nazar. Now, again, this was only a prospect development camp and it was only a few days, but those are the things I've also heard from many scouts and many folks who cover the NHL draft yearly and cover prospects. I've heard all the, these same things about Frank Nazar is that he's a warrior out there, man. Don't let his size fool you. He's, he's going to bring it each and every shift and he's not going to back away from a challenge. And I think that's exactly 
the type of player, the top of high-end prospect the Blackhawks needed to add to their pool. So I'm really stoked on Frank Nazar. Don't let the number three ranking fool you. I, I really think uh, this kid has an incredible op- upside because of you know his stick handling. His speed is incredible too. I mean, this dude absolutely flies out there. He's not Kevin Korchinski, but for being a forward, he's got some absolute wheels. He does all the intangibles well, and he's a good goal scorer as well as a good playmaker. He can kind of do both. So, yeah, I think the ceiling is very high for Frank Nazar. I'm super excited to see how he's going to continue to develop these next few years, and he's got a really good opportunity to have a massive freshman season with the Michigan Wolverines considering how talented that roster is from top to bottom. So, yeah, if you're going to keep an eye on any of the collegiate prospects that the Blackhawks have this season, Frank Nazar might be the one that you want to watch the most as he embarks upon his freshman year up at Michigan. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Friday, September 23rd's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks on Twitter right now, and go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, you got to be sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast to get all caught up on everything that went down throughout the NHL offseason. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. That's all one word, LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Or you can also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts. So until tomorrow's episode, thank you all for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.